Hey everyone, my name is Yaro and you're listening to the Creative Nature Podcast and my little dog apparently. <laughs> um, this is a beautiful episode that I'm sending your way and I'm truly sitting here feeling proud of the kinds of conversations that I get to have and the people I get to speak to. So this one is with Stevie Lee who is a fantastic, open, um, creative, expansive, exciting, um, inspiring somatic practitioner and writer and many other things and I yeah just feel re-enchanted by this conversation that we had and um, just so happy that I get to share this um, I really hope it supports you too um, you'll hear about being part of a web of ancestry and magic and community we talked about holding grief and kind of thinking about our edges of capacity and staying in our bodies so Lots of good ground was covered here and yeah, thank you for listening. A few updates from me, I am, like I said, in my Highland retreat and it's really beautiful to be here. Um, it is not an easy time in my life, I'm having a lot of grief to sit with but I'm just grateful to have landed here after moving houses last week. I'm in between homes now and just taking this time out and away from ordinary life is giving me the space to think and dream that I really needed so I'm just extremely grateful there's a lot going on in this landscape <laughs> that I wish I could show you visually but I'm just looking out at the trees and the mountains and a storm has passed through last night so there's a lot of stuff that has fallen um, there's a lot of lichen on the trees I've never seen a landscape so full of lichen it's really quite special and then there's sheep and a lot of deer and badgers and owls and ravens and my little dogs and our garden and the fireplace and so yeah as much as I'm retreating I'm also hoping to share some of that magic with you I'm making a lot with my hands and I look forward to offering that up when I return and yeah if you want to come hang out I still offer creative co-working spaces twice a month through my patreon which you can join if you like and there's a mighty network space as well which is a real joy to be in it's quite slow paced and not too overwhelming but we are getting together to make and that really means the world to me because it's what's sustaining me and keeping me grounded at the moment so yeah, um, if you enjoy, enjoy this episode, please consider leaving a review. That's so appreciated. And again, thank you so much for listening. <laughs> Hello, everyone. I am so delighted to speak to the wonderful Stevie Lee today. We already had some very good giggles. Unfortunately, I also had an internet glitch, but let's hope that won't happen again. What can I say? So I've been hoping to speak with Stevie for a while. We've been at each other's digital lives for a few years I think and if I had to say kind of just one sentence I would say they are such a somatic delight you know I wish you could see their body language as they speak this is really beautiful and I just always love speaking to them I have so much fun listening to what Stevie has to say um, in newsletters in real life in lots of different ways and I think we'll talk about really cool stuff so Stevie, thank you so much for being here. <laughs> thank you so much for having me. And what a sweet, what a sweet, what sweet things to hear. I really, I really appreciate that. I do love using my body as I, 
as I speak. And I, I'm delighted to hear that that's something that you enjoy witnessing. Um, oh thank God, you yeah. I really do. I hope that didn't make you feel self-conscious. I really, really appreciate it so much. I feel like I just, you know, Zoom is, we've all come to live on Zoom kind of halfway. And I think to see and experience someone's body and and movement is so nice in that space. It reminds me that we are in bodies, actually. So that's really cool. Anyway, Stevie, um, tell us a bit more about your work and what your creative nature like is, is like at the moment. Yeah, sure. I'm, I'm, you know, I wear a lot of, a lot of hats, like, like so many of us do. Um, I am a somatic practitioner and a mystic and I guess a lot of other things. Those, those two are the the hats I'm sort of wearing most often right now. Um, and so I really, I really work with people to sort of help them kind of find their, their, their web. We all have this sort of web of of ourselves, our physical body, our emotional body, our spiritual body. We all have this web that we can be connected to and that includes the collective and our ancestry. And so my work is a lot about like, how do we facilitate that communication between all of these different parts of ourselves? And I do that somatically and I do that with um, tarot and mystic practices as well. Um, and then I love, I love the question of, uh, creative nature. That was that's that's really great. And as I'm sitting with that, I feel like I feel like my creative nature is shifting a little bit as I sink into as I sink into my work and sink into what I'm doing. I feel like for a long time, and I like this about myself. It's not something I want to go away. But for a long time, it was like, oh, I want to do this thing, <gasps> and I want to do this thing. <gasps> I want to do this thing and that kind of like energetic uh kind of like fire in the belly is so great but I feel like I um I was really excited about starting things but had a lot of trouble kind of um being with them until they were ready to be born into the world and now there's this shift happening for me where I allow that to happen that like ah, here we go uh that happens and there's also an ability to like, okay, I'm going to learn how to trust that this will come through me when it's ready to come through me. And I'm going to go really slowly with it and allow myself to kind of give it what it needs. So there's a lot of um, working with, and I know, I know that you speak this language. Uh, there's a lot of working with like the king of coins in this regard, uh, as far as like creativity goes and really fleshing something out and sort of breathing life into it uh there's kind of a a slower pace to that rather than what i've done before which has been very um okay are you ready are you ready let's go wow uh, and <laughs> and it's <laughs> it's it's nice to to be sort of in the middle of this shift i don't know what's on the other end of it but um yeah feeling that that sort of slowness is is really i'm enjoying being in that space right now Oh my gosh, me too. I, my whole body was nodding along as you were speaking. And <coughs> I think, um, yeah, I think that just feels true on so many levels. And I know where this is coming from, like the hectic breathing and like, oh my God, oh my God. <laughs> you know, huh? I think we have just, we, we are part of this incredibly fast paced culture, especially on social media where it feels so often like you're excited about something and then you're making it happen and you're sharing it with other people. And um, 
I, I don't want to judge ourselves too much in that because like I said, I see where it's coming from. And also I, I love being around people who have a lot of different passions and can get excited about stuff. Like what a way to be alive, right? That's amazing. And also it is nice to now allow spaciousness and depth and to just let things unfold and develop the self-trust that the time will come and we'll know when we're ready. And also not every everything is for this one lifetime, right? I think yes. sometimes I have plans where I'm like, maybe, maybe another time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love that. And there's also sort of a sense of, um, you know, in that same vein of like, oh, maybe that's not for this lifetime. I think there's also, I think we're all sort of as creatives, we're all sort of, um, pulling these ideas uh, down from the ether, you know, they're a part of the collective. And sometimes we are able to tap into, ooh, this project needs to happen. And sometimes it's for us. And sometimes it's just not. Sometimes we have a great idea, but actually someone else needs to make that thing happen, you know? And so taking the pressure off of ourselves and, and really allowing really allowing this sort of like, yeah, the, the spaciousness of maybe not in this lifetime or, Ooh, that's a great idea, but maybe this one isn't for me. Uh, I love that. There's a lot of, there's a lot of room there that feels really good. Yeah. And it also kind of takes the pressure of this idea of needing to be exceptional, right? I think that's so destructive in a way to feel like it has to be me and I have to figure this out. Whereas I, I love the generosity of ideas and being respectful, of course, with where things came from and, you know, mm. what stories or cultures they belong to, but also just having this non-clutchy feeling of like, yeah. well, if it's not me, then someone else would do it. That's great as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Ah, Stacey, so much here. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, I wonder if you want to tell us a little bit more about how you came to do this work, because um, I know a little bit of that story. I think everyone, yeah, will love to hear a little bit more about that too. Totally, yeah. Yeah, my first sort of um, entrance into working with working with the body, which is, which is the piece of this that I'm really going to kind of focus on in answering this question, it really started for me with, with birth work. I got into birth work um, in 2016, and being in that space, like prior to being in that space, I had felt very disconnected to my body and just didn't really understand like all of the possibilities and all of the wonder that we have in a body. And it felt like, it felt like my body just sort of like existed and it was kind of burdensome to have. And, you know, it's, it's hard and it is, it's hard to have a body sometimes, but being in birth work and working in those spaces and seeing like, whoa, there is so much that comes with having a body that's actually very beautiful and very holy and very uh, mystical and like, whoa, we're able to, through the body, experience so many different states, so many different parts of ourselves through the body. And being in birth spaces was the first time that I was really able to witness that and then sort of feel it in my own body. It was like witnessing it in other people. It was like, my body was like, oh, whoa, we can have that. Oh, okay. Yeah. Let's, let's sort of be with this. Let's explore. And that's, that's what kicked things off. And then it was just a number of years of learning about the body, learning about different systems and how they work. I I did a lot of work in um, reproductive and generative health for a little while there and 
that kind of moved me into somatic sex ed. And that's still an element of my work for people who are interested in that, for people who are wanting that. But after I started studying somatic sex ed, I was also sort of healing. And the word, even the word healing, I, I just, I don't have another word to use, but I just want to state the word healing. Uh, there's a connotation of like a complete end that I'm uncomfortable with. And again, I don't, I don't have another word to sort of replace it, but I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna state that and move on. I'll keep using it. But um, I was going through a lot of my own trauma healing. And as I was doing that, I was studying somatics and working with a somatic therapist. And it just really, the work really lit up so much in me and the subtlety of the work lit up so much in me and the thing is too it's like it's subtle you're really sort of making space to notice the subtleties and it's expansive at the same time and so that was just something that it felt like oh there is space for all of me in this work there's space for all of us in this work you know it gets to be individual work sure with your individual body but like I said earlier on this call it's also collective and ancestral like there's so much to be with here. Um, yeah, and it just, it just, I really, it really delights me. I really, I really walk with it. And, you know, coming, coming at things through the lens of working with the body, you know, that is so capitalism and white supremacy culture really insists that we are cut off from our bodies. And so there's an element of reclamation work within this. And that's, that's, beautiful and hard it's beautiful and it's tricky and really allowing space for like oh this type of body-based you know healing so to speak there are there are the the hard parts of it and there are the joyful parts of it and we get to explore it doesn't have to be just like oh I'm in trauma healing and I'm like really working on the stuff like no there also gets to be so much room for asking the question like what is my capacity for joy do I know how to experience that? Should we work on that in tandem with the stuff that's maybe a little more uncomfortable to be with? Um, I feel like I'm losing the thread. I could, I could go on. <laughs> I think that. No, this is great. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we can hold all the different threads. Yeah, this is amazing. <laughs> do you want to say more? Uh, I, I think for now, <laughs> I've come to my end. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sure. Gosh, uh, yeah, so much of that really resonates with me. And I love how you're thinking about language and the permission giving in that. I think actually the words that we're choosing for ourselves are so important. And I have similar mixed feelings about the word healing and trying on different things. Like what I really enjoy at the moment, um, for example, I, I, I didn't always, don't always feel sure that I want to call myself a survivor, but I like the yeah. idea of being in lifelong recovery. That feels very gentle because it feels like being in recovery to me is just like a softer way of being in the world and being a bit more gentle with myself and others, mm -hmm. just acknowledging that we have experienced difficult stuff. And also, I mean, maybe this is totally me. I don't want to put that on, on anyone else. <clears throat> And just sharing kind of what I'm thinking but to me as especially as a teenager and this might be because I was being a teenager in German as a language so English mm -hmm. was very foreign to me and I had different imaginations but anyway I dreamed as a teenager of kind of going to a recovery center which 
is not at all in my imagination it had nothing to do with like institutionalized mental health support I was imagining there was like a farm and puppies and kitten and then there would be this big art room and you'd basically kind of wake up and kind of alternate between like swimming stroking puppies having <laughs> having really nice meals from like a self chosen buffet where you had a lot of autonomy around food and then and then you'd also kind of look at the sea and paint or something <laughs> so, what a beautiful oh so that is kind of what I associate with recovery and I'm like yeah that feels really good <laughs> yeah I love that I love the uh yeah, not only like, yeah, what a perfect life. Oh my gosh. <laughs> like, what a dream. But also the sort of sense of um, there's an ongoing, the, using that language, being in recovery, using that language, uh, there's a sense that it is ongoing and that it's something that you walk with and something that you really hold with you. And, and the language, and again, I'm also just sort of playing with language here alongside you, the language of, I also have mixed feelings around um, using the word survivor for myself, like, yep, that is true, uh-huh, but every time I use that word, I'm really brought right back to the things that have happened, uh, and I don't know that I want to evoke that all the time uh, in, in, in using that language, and so I love this reframe of being in recovery because that orients me towards yeah, swimming and puppies and buffets of food that I want to eat and find nourishing. And this really uh, just sort of creating, creating the kind of life that you want. Um, I love that reframe. Thank you for that. <laughs> yeah, you're welcome. Um, so one thing I love about you so much is how you're able to hold complexity and difficulty, but also so much joy it feels so joyful to talk about things that can be really heavy with you. And so I would love to hear a little bit more about how you are cultivating joy in your life. I think joy is also your middle name, if I'm not. Yeah, it yeah, is. Yeah, see, so much joy. How, how, are you, how are you making that happen? And maybe also if you want to kind of relate that to where we're at in the pandemic right now, we are recording this in October 2021. And we talked a little bit before I had record about what that's like at the moment. So how, how are you bringing joy into this time? Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, the first thing that comes up for me, I'll just be very, <laughs> very honest here. The first thing that comes up for me as you, as you reflect to me, uh, that there is that sort of joyful quality that I have. Like, yeah, there is. I walk with a lot of joy and I appreciate that being seen. And it's something that I, like, I feel a little nervous talking about it uh, because it's something that I feel like it's, I'm in a place right now where I'm sort of trying to, I'm exploring how to give myself permission to be very joyful in public spaces even as things are difficult and even, even as I'm going through a hard time, like, can I be joyful? Can I find joy? And, and can I do that around other people? And I find that for myself, something that I, something that I struggle with and something that I'm working with right now is very much like, can I share the joys in my life? Even as I know that other people that I love might be having a hard time with something. And it's, it's something I struggle with. It's a, it's a, it's a complicated thing and I'm, I don't have any answers. I'm still sort of figuring out where my edges are there and how to do that. Um, 
one thing, and I'm just sort of stream of consciousness kind of answering this question, I guess, but another thing, I think um, I'm thinking about astrology and I'm thinking about, so Jupiter, you know, Jupiter is sort of like the zaddy that comes in and is like, go ahead, I'm gonna make everything bigger. And I have Jupiter on my ascendant. And that is sort of associated with kind of big personalities. And there's a big joy factor. And that feels like sort of an intrinsic part of my nature. That's not time to sort of let the joy be, be okay, to let the joy be safe enough to cultivate. Um, and finding out like what Jupiter on the Ascendant means was very kind of liberating. Like, oh, you know what? That is part of me. And I deserve to feel that and express that. And now I'm in a place in my life where I'm trying to figure out how to how to keep doing that. Um, and I think that, I think that it's really important, you know, because especially for, for those of us with sort of big personalities who do feel joy and like to laugh and like to giggle, there's often, and maybe I'll just speak for myself. I also feel my grief very deeply. I also feel, uh, my, I have an Aries moon too. I'm thinking about astrology right now. I also feel I get, I get angry. You know? <laughs> like, so there's a lot of very big feelings. And like, I think it's important as we are here on earth to really experience what it is to have human emotions and really explore what the depths of those emotions are, including, including joy, including like foolishness. And I mean, foolishness in the most playful, like um, tarot archetypal way. Uh, I think that we, we get to experience all of that. And so we, we should, and it might be edgy, but we should try to figure out how can I cultivate just a little bit more joy um, being around children, uh, tickle fests, just like <laughs> exploring, experimenting and not taking it too seriously. Oh yeah. Again, my whole body was nodding along. That makes awesome. sense. <laughs> I need to find out more about my astrology as well. Um, I don't think I have any Aries, but that makes a lot of sense. That's really cool. And I love yeah, what you're saying makes so much sense that um it is beautiful to feel both. And that's something, yeah, I really love what love what you said about grief as well. And that, that's something that's so close to my heart and sharing with the world to kind of um, rehumanize and normalize grief and really help us find some sense of literacy with it because it really helps us feel so much more joy um, at the same time. And both is possible. And I know that that's kind of unimaginable to a lot of people. And it was unimaginable to me for a long time mm -hmm. to feel so much grief and so much joy at the same time. But that's where it's at, really, isn't it? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I totally agree. And I, I feel like, you know, group spaces are can be tricky. And I feel like when I'm very, <laughs> I feel like when I'm, I'm thinking of a meme right now, uh, I'll, I'll try and explain it. Um, but I, when I'm in group spaces, I feel like if I'm quite joyful, then a part of me is like, but do they know? Do they know my sorrow? Because I have that too, you know? And I'm thinking of that meme of like, there's like a party going on and there's somebody in the corner being like, they don't know 
they don't know my struggle with my gender identity. They don't know my struggle with, you know, have you seen this meme? Do you know what I'm talking about? I haven't because I left Instagram, but I totally imagine. Yeah, I totally know what you mean. That makes a ton of sense. Yeah. I'll send it to you too. Yeah. Oh, but thank you so much. I love it when people <laughs> send me like postcards from the internet. <laughs> <laughs> you got it. <laughs> um, but yeah, there is that that sense of like, okay, if I am, if I am allowing my joy to sort of be at the forefront and sort of exploring and experimenting, sharing that with people, there is, there is a part of me that, that gets very worried. Like, oh, if I'm quite joyful in public spaces that people won't see my, um, like my depth and that, that there is also grief here and that I feel that very, very deeply. And, you know, to, to what you're saying, yeah, we really don't know how to hold grief publicly that's something that we have that's something that we've really lost and I think a lot of that has to do with you know colonization really cuts us off from our lineage practices our ancestral practices and being able to grieve and be witnessed in our grieving is something that we it's something that we need it's something that we collectively you know I want us to all be sort of working towards reclaiming the ability to be in those depths and to also be communally held. And, you know, like we're talking about, it's, it's grief and it's joy to be communally held in that as well. Um, and I, I see, I see us sort of, some of us uh, sort of working towards that kind of future. And that brings me a lot of, a lot of hope. Mm-hmm. Yeah, me too. And, and I agree that is really important political work to do, especially for white people confronting um, the reality of what our ancestors has done, what we are doing with the legacies that we're living with, what our work is now. Um, yeah, it's, it's really helpful um, to be able to even just begin having these conversations, being able to name these feelings and not making other people responsible for them. <laughs> Very important point as well. Yeah. Um, yeah, gosh, again, so much there, Stevie, so much there. <laughs> <laughs> I want to um, ask another question, if that's okay, which is yeah. more related to rest and finding your own pace at this time. So we're moving deeper into autumn. I think we're both living pretty cozy lives. What does that look like for you in how you kind of you know, work with your nervous system, with your body, with what you need right now, because there's still, even if we live in technically in our home cocoons, there's still so much coming at us, so much to process and be with. Yeah. Yeah. That's a big, the resting is such a huge topic for me <laughs> uh, right now, but also for the last few years, I feel like there's been this, um, this call, and I don't think I'm the only one feeling it, but this call to sort of slow down and reorient. And, you know, speaking astrologically again, I, I feel like that sort of started for me in the middle of my my Saturn return. And Saturn is very much this sort of, um, you know, time Lord figure. Uh, and there's a lot of needing to kind of, yeah, ooh, slow things down so you can really take in what is happening around you and then make choices be very choiceful about what you are what you're doing and how you're living and I feel like that's a lot of the work that we do in somatics as well is ooh, let's pause let's slow down and be choiceful and not as reactive um and that's tricky I feel like 
I tend to be a pretty reactive person. And so there's been this sort of cultivation of slowness and cultivation of rest for, for a number of years now. And, you know, I said this to you as we were sort of chatting before we, before we started recording, I feel like I'm, I feel like I'm only now kind of moving into a space of very deep rest. And so I'll likely have, uh, more to say about it and more to share about it, uh, you know, six months down the line. But in this sort of phase that I'm in where I'm kind of deepening into rest, yeah, I'm finding it is. It's a lot of, like you said, it's a lot of nervous system work. It's a lot of really noticing what, what state is my nervous system in? Where am I? And what do I need to do to like really protect, really protect my right to rest? And that's a, that's a big thing. I feel like I was chasing that concept for a long time. And now I'm finally starting to understand like, oh, you got to be really, you got to be really protective about it. So that means, that means saying no, that means going to bed early. And then, you know, these things are, they are, and this is another part of somatics, these subtle shifts, we do them subtly and slowly and just start to sort of notice the difference in these subtle shifts that we're making. And then over time, over a stretch of time, because it does not happen instantaneously. And we as a culture really love when things are like, woo, uh, cool, I did the thing once and now I'm reaping the benefits of it. And we just don't get to, that's not really how it works, especially with these sort of um these big nervous system shifts, these really big shifts in how you orient to the world around you. So it, I think it does, I, I say that I've been on this journey for a few years now with rest, and I think it does take, take some years. And it's a lot about allowing these, these subtle shifts to take root and to become woven in the fabric of your being, uh, you know, it, into the fabric of your sort of lifestyle, so to speak, I guess. Um, and so that looks like I go to bed really early, <laughs> I go to bed really early and I am on social media extremely sparingly. Um, very, very rarely am I actually on social media because that really does activate my system. And I find myself sort of in the back of my mind thinking about it. And I don't, I don't need that to be there. It looks like not sleeping with my phone. I got a, I got an alarm clock instead. Um, and it also looks like, you know, these are, these are sort of like tips. These are sort of like actionable things, but it's also cultivating a life wherein you can sink into it. And that's not available to all of us all of the time. I know that at the very start of the pandemic, I was in, I was in go, go, go survival mode. And that's where I needed to be. But finding these pockets where, ooh, I can rest right now. And really asking yourself, what are my blocks and barriers around true deep rest? And what do I need to, what do I need to do to help sort of unravel those blocks and barriers? We don't want to be violent with it and be like, get out of here. But like, how do I kind of work with these blocks and barriers to allow myself to kind of sink into this deep restful place that's not about if I rest a bunch, then I can get so much done tomorrow. That's not, that's not actual rest. Yes, that's so true. And so tempting a space mm. to be in. Yeah. And also, <laughs> and, and also yeah, it's funny you say that. I also have been thinking this week about 2020 versus 2021 and just noticing in myself how in a way, <clears throat> 
this trauma response of being hyper productive last year was you know oh yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah I ran three programs last year in my other business, so in creative nature, you know, in addition to everything that's happened over like web design and the embodied business community, blah, blah, blah. I did that all through Patreon. I um, I also moved houses. I raised a puppy. I wrote a book spontaneously because <laughs> that's what yeah. you do in crisis. and I can I can really laugh about that now I think at the time on some level I knew what was going on of course but now looking back it is even more hilarious and and I'm also I'm really honestly feeling more uncomfortable with this year because I'm not in that place anymore because it's not sustainable and now I have to kind of like be with myself and stuff god (laughs) yeah totally we feel like we're in more control when we're doing 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 you know (laughs) yeah yeah Yeah. what a time to be alive hey um I wanted to ask also I know you are also like kind of like a seasonal being and interested in uh you know the year and what's happening and what have you so I wondered um what is what is your autumn rhythm and how are you maybe if you are working with ancestors at this time and what feels important to you in that at the moment yeah gosh I love I love this question and I feel like I feel like I've been sort of practicing um cyclical and seasonal living for a number of years now and it and and it shifts from year to year it looks different from year to year uh but the sort of through line is when (laughs) whenever we hit that whenever fall actually hits I'm just like yes (laughs) I I feel so you know I also live so where I live I live um in southern California I live on Tongva land next to um Chumash territory in southern California right outside of Los Angeles and we have this um it's 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 just this like the land of eternal sunshine, you know, and, and I know that that's a draw for a lot of people and we are very lucky in a lot of regards, but it's also, there aren't a lot of, the climate tends to sort, sort of stay the same here. And I find for, for me and for my body, that's very challenging. That's really difficult for me. I really need to have those shifts. And so it kind of started with me just sort of following following that um, kind of neo-pagan wheel of the year that so so many of us are familiar, that's sort of based on um, Celtic tradition and really allowing like, yes, even though I'm in this land that is pretty much sunny and cloudless most of the time, I am really going to observe what are the subtle shifts that I can see in the landscape and how can I, with my body and along with this landscape, this land that I'm on, kind of cultivate this practice. And that's, that's how it started for me. And so once fall rolls around, even though it's still it's still warm here, we're starting to get a little bit. It's getting a little bit cooler now, which is great. Uh, <laughs> I want the the cool and the dark and the rainy. Uh, once it starts, once we hit that like September twenty first, September twenty second, it feels like oh gosh, there's so much even more permission for the slowing down and the like really like cooking dinner and then eating it really slowly and going to bed really early. And it's the time, it's the time in the year where we get to in the evening, it gets darker earlier. So we get to live by candlelight if we so choose. And that's, that's one of the ways now I'm sort of moving into ancestral practices. That's one of the ways that we can connect with the people that came before us 
we get to, it doesn't have to be big and elaborate. Like I love that. And it can be, and that's awesome, but it can be really subtle. It can be a subtle thing. Like, oh, my ancestors around this time of the year, they lit, they lit candles. They, they lived by candlelight up until they, up until from sundown until they went to bed. And is that something that I can kind of cultivate during this time of the year? So for me, it looks like um, putting up the ancestor altar and then sort of sitting with the stories of these lines and sort of seeing what, what wants my attention this year? What line wants my attention this year? What group of people that I come from do I feel called to learning more about this year? And that's what sort of kicks it off. And yeah, it looks like, it looks a lot like um, just kind of sitting with them and making the food that they made, telling their stories out loud to, you know, friends, family, anybody that will listen, um, chosen family. And it also looks like learning their lullabies in their language or, um, you know, picking up an instrument that they used to play and trying to figure out how to do that or what crafts did they do? What did they do in their downtime? Is that something that I can cultivate? All while sort of sitting with what are these lineage traditions and these lineage stories? And again, I'm gonna come back to sort of grief and joy. Like what were their, what did they grieve about? How did they grieve? What were they joyful about? And how did they do that? And so it is a very, it is like peak cozy over here right now. And it's gonna remain that way. I think up until, up until um, like early February for us. And it's a lot of, yeah, playing music and, and sort of steeping ourselves, my partner and I both in, in these lineage traditions and like reading fairy tales before bedtime, you know, uh, just, just, get, just getting just like all the permission to, to be in this place right now. Uh, Cause we don't, we don't know we don't know how long this time is going to last and maybe it's something that we can sort of cultivate for the rest of our lives and that's amazing like that would be the dream come true but it feels like right now in particular during pandemic times all the more reason to root yourself in and find a sense of belonging yes Susie. yes <laughs> yes <laughs> i love that so much mm-hmm. gosh I could talk to you forever and ever. And I already said, I would love to have you again. I think there's so much more we could talk about, go deeper into. But yes. for now, I just want to ask, is there anything you want to share that you feel like you haven't gotten to share yet? Oh, that's such a, such a generous question. Um, you know what? No, I, I really enjoy the, the fluid back and forth that you and I have. I do trust that we can meet again. and go deeper into these themes or explore new ones. Um, there's nothing on my, on my heart that I feel uh, that I need to express in this moment. Okay, then I wonder what are you currently offering and where people can find you? Yeah, so I can be found at, uh, my website is the best way to reach me. It is uh, weaverandrose.com. Weaver as in it's a name and also someone who weaves and rose like the flower, which is also a name. Uh, so yeah, weaverandrose.com. I am, I'm not really on Instagram, so I'm not even going to give the Instagram handle, actually. Uh, the website's the best place to reach me, and you'll get newsletters from me like a couple times a month, um, letting you know what, what I'm offering and what that looks like. And right now, what I am currently offering is I have space in my calendar for somatic counseling, uh, which is offered in uh, an eight-week container. 
Uh, I'm also offering tarot readings for the fall and winter and uh, later in the winter year ahead readings for next year for 2022. Uh, and I also have my, my program, my, um, my course return, which, which you actually helped me name Yara and it, like such a great name <laughs> for this course. <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, I do that. Uh, I've decided to do it twice a year, once in the springtime and once in the fall. I'm wrapping that up right now, but in the spring, I'll be doing it again. And that is a trauma-informed deep dive into somatic practices, somatic awareness. That is so beautiful. I love the word return as well. And I'm very honored that I've been a just tiny, tiny part of that. <laughs> yeah, and people should really check your website out. It is super beautiful. And I love everything that you do. And also, I have so much respect for people who do year head readings. They're big. I've uh, never done them for people. I don't think I could. So cool. Yeah. <laughs> we could talk about that. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah. Thank you so much for everything. Like I said, I love talking to you. I hope to talk to you again. It's been a bomb to my soul and my tired body. And I'm so happy we got to talk. Yeah, thank you. Definitely. Thank you so much for, for having me. I feel the same. <laughs>